0: to the BabbelEd podcast hosted by Jonathan Miller and Scott Linda, and brought to you by Connected Learning Partnerships. Jonathan and Scott are international educators and coaches committed to better understanding the world of learning. The BabbelEd podcast is an inquiry into why contemporary educators are grappling with the issues impacting learning in our schools and exploring how diverse approaches to leadership and coaching might offer a fresh perspective.
1: Hello out there, everybody, and welcome to episode four of The Babbled Podcast. I am Jonathan Miller, and as always, joined by my co-host
2: and good friend, Scott Lindner. Scott, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm doing really well, Jonathan. It's it's kind of an eerie day here in Beijing, but I'm happy to be here having a chat and a little bit of a reflection today, I think, on uh, just how busy we actually are. Are we feeling busy? Are we actually busy? And is busyness... A good or a bad thing.
1: Definitely feeling busy for sure. I think if I look at my calendar, I would say that by definition, if it's if it's having things on, I am busy. So for those of you, if you're still wondering, the topic of our Babel today is busyness in school and this culture of busy that it seems like we have a tendency to get ourselves
2: into. What are your thoughts on that, Scott? I think, well, in getting ready for this, I was just ruminating around the positive and negative connotations or associations with busyness and I think it probably has a bit of both but I also had this connection between when we say we're really busy is it a a status or is it associated with uh, I need to be seen to be busy and then thinking about that connection with do each of us or is there anyone out there no maybe those in Switzerland even know about someone who might say yeah I don't really need sleep. I only need three hours sleep. And then are we saying that for what real reason? To let people know that we're handling things really well or or whatever? And maybe you are just lucky. You only need three hours sleep. It's not me. Definitely not me either. I find that that statement interesting about –
1: people having a lack of sleep or this culture of business that we've gotten into. There was an article in The Atlantic that was written by Joe Pinsker, and he was interviewing Sylvia Baleza. I think is how you pronounce her name. Oh, yeah. And she has done a lot of research into busyness, and it's it's a bit US-centric. But what came out of her research is that busyness is actually a symbol of status. That's something
2: that she's pulled out in regards to the last century. Huh. A symbol of status. So meaning to be successful is to be busy. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I wonder also, to be successful is it to be able to in any books we've read, has anyone have you ever come across anything that said, I'm a super successful leader and I need eight to ten hours sleep every night? How have I come across that?
1: Well, I know Ariana Huffington She wrote, I can't remember if it was a book or it was an article, but I've seen her do some interviews as well about the importance of getting sleep. And I know her and she is a uber successful person, absolute powerhouse. And I believe she said that she gets anywhere from eight to nine hours sleep a night. So I definitely think having enough sleep can keep you at the top of your game. It's important. And I do find it interesting if you hear some people say, Don't worry about my Work ethic,
2: I only sleep a few hours a night. Well, does that actually lead to you being your most effective? Right. And so- I'm thinking about this in most recently in the last few weeks here, we've done a, a bunch of exam preps, you know, for the DP and a lot of the well being message we're sending to students is to ensure you're rested and maintain a routine and don't get sucked into this notion of staying up all night and, and getting ready. And I think that that's true in terms of what we would say in our message we deliver, but connected to its busyness might be well I just got to get all of this stuff done Mm -hmm. and so we're in this sort of like it feels important but maybe it's not as important and it feels really urgent and maybe it is because there's some deliverables but I guess I'm just ruminating on this space of saying is there a connection in that status if we accept that you know busyness becomes just a byword for like everyone is in this state but also in the connection between how we might express I don't need sleep because sleep is associated with being ineffective whereas Mm -hmm. if we are more timely in the work we do and spend a little bit more time knowing about how important this task might be we might also be able to allocate the space in our lives to sleep and relax to be effective rather than just being urgent all the time.
1: Yeah I think this is something that's this isn't just specific in our context. I think schools across the world can get into the space of things seem really, really busy and that we just have a culture of being busy. Mm-hmm. You know, We only have about, I think, what, 14 or 15 weeks left of the school year. So as coaches and, and leaders as we are. It's important that we stay in the present because there's actually still quite a bit of time left to finish up the year yeah. positively, but we also need to be in that mindset of preparing for twenty one, twenty two. I can't believe I'm actually saying <laughs> twenty one, twenty two school year is only six months away. It's going to happen to you whether you like it, it on, right? or not. Right. That's right. I was wondering, can we go through a couple of statements that I know that I've made and have heard colleagues, not just in my current workplace, but- people in our professional network make as well yep. and just kind of have a candid conversation about how we feel about them. Does yeah. that sound like an all right thing with yeah, you? Yeah, I appreciate that. That'd be great. So one of the <laughs> things that I know that I've heard and that I've definitely said before is, oh my gosh, there's just too much on. Yeah. Go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes there is, I think mm-hmm. is the other response to that. like, And presuming positive intentions all the time, like, like there is just this list. It's about then surely moving into there feels like there is too much on or is there just too many things on to fit Mm -hmm. in, you know. And I'm cognizant as we we move through this, there's a lot of I feel this, right. So, you know, I feel really busy. Well, what is it to be too busy? Oh, there is just too much on. Okay, so what is it that's actually on? Or is it just in this moment (laughs) I feel like it is? It's connected in another statement around just feeling drained. Yeah. So, so sometimes, and I know that this is not that innovative, but pausing and actually writing down some people are list people, right? Find that really satisfying. To <laughs> I'm a list person. <laughs> have that crossed off. But if we're feeling there's too much on, we might know there's too much on by listing actually what mm-hmm. it is. And then what am I actually, what's my role in that? But connected in that, I'm just drained. And there's too much on it. I sense that that's a really emotional statement. No doubt that it's true for someone. But I wonder if the next step is, well, how do we know where to start with this?
1: It's also too, sorry, can I jump in as well with the drains Because I remember actually making that specific statement a couple of weeks ago where it was just a week that was chocked full. It seemed like I was back to back to back. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of really, really good stuff. And I get to the end of the week and- a friend asked me, it's like, how you doing? I'm like, man, I'm just drained. Like It's, just, it's been a week. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily a bad week. So, no. do we sometimes associate being busy or being drained with it wasn't purposeful or there was just so much on that I
2: feel so tired? Is there a difference between a good tired and a bad tired? Yeah. Do you think? I, well, yeah. So, I know that there is. And in my own sort of experience, it's like that stasis of having a good tired it's like doing a really good workout or knowing that I'm in balance because I'm sleeping well because I've actually had a full day. Mm-hmm. And just to go back a little bit in terms of the language around that drained, and I know we shouldn't analyze, you know, flippant statements too much, but if you think about that, I'm drained, what the companion piece to that might be, well, what is it that's going to fill you up again, mm-hmm. right? So it took all of my patience, all of my resilience, all of the skill set that I have to bring to bear to get through this week. The next question to that is, and was it effective? Yeah. Was, did you help someone? Do you feel good because you because you, you can drain yourself? You need to be able to replenish yourself, but you also need to know that you're helping someone, right? Because then that is that good tide bit. Right. Um, yeah, it's
1: a really good point. It, it makes me think of another statement that comes to mind as well as, well, I just don't feel like there's enough balance. You brought up like a lot of the like the feeling of something as opposed to is it actually reality or am I just feeling it? Yeah. And it could be both too. But the statement, I don't feel like there's enough balance has been said by myself at times as well as other people that I connect with too. And I think what's interesting is that do we actually have
2: a common definition of what balance is, do you think? I mean, you and I might. We hang out together a little bit. but. I- yeah, I mean, maybe it's important to have that definition. I'm not 100% there with it. I feel like the bit with whether you could define balance is to say, I know that I'm being successful or I know that I'm being effective or I know that the investment of this time to get these series of tasks done is worthwhile because of why. So you would hope that there would also be a feeling of that. Mm. Like I feel that I know there's enough balance because i you know, I'm getting affirmation from home space, I'm managing to work out or go out for dinner and I'm also making a difference to adults or kids' lives at school. But I'm I'm certain that the definition of balance would mean don't have it one way too much. Yeah. And we're all guilty. You know, <laughs> maybe I didn't have a balanced intake of food and beverages on Friday night, right? Like it's <laughs> like you know, like to keep it balanced. So you know Today I should the one drink too more many water, right? Yeah. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> it's like that. That analogy holds true for whether you're in your workspace as well. So, I mean, I think we understand that we you burn too much one way, you got to come back the other way.
1: So in a coach in a leadership space, you know, could one of the ins or one of the questions to unpack that a little bit, does it come back to what does balance specifically look like for you as an individual? Yeah. Um, because I know for me it's – I have an understanding, at least in my role, that being able to go home at three o'clock or four o'clock at the end of the every day, every day, as much as I would love to be able to do that, it's just I can't put that in the equation because it's just not possible.
2: Hmm. Well, it might be possible if you started at 4 a.m. True. <laughs> connected to that, let's just go back a little bit. I feel it's more, well, I'm using the I feel statement too. I think it's important to be able to know what matters, both professionally and personally and i believe quite strongly that in schools those two things are intrinsically connected that you can't just have sole focus on a professional space without realizing that the professional and the personal interconnect this is a human system schools are all about people and so we must hold ourselves i think accountable to that higher standard of not just divorcing work but mm-hmm. acknowledging its impact because I suspect, well, I know it of both of us, but I suspect most of the people listening too are also thinking about the fact that the intrusion of work, when you use that language, work intruding on my personal time, it's an issue, right? But you can fix a lot of that. You know, if you've got your notifications sorted, are you really needing to respond to that particular message? You need a certain discipline in that space. But I don't think sometimes we acknowledge that there's some really concrete steps to be taken there. I think, do you think oh.
1: that's part of it too, is in those conversations of, I feel sometimes that we're in the business, like we want to help people and part of that helping will lead to get into giving them advice or trying to solve their problem or even talking to somebody and looking to solve, helping somebody solve our problem, right? But could it just be like, I just want to be heard and I want somebody to acknowledge that or understand that I feel very
2: busy? Yeah, I think, Yes. Definitely. I believe quite strongly too. And I'll think about our particular context here in Beijing, but there's so many external impacts through the the last 12 months, let's say, that have shifted what it is to be an expat or an international Mm -hmm. educator. We still, not much has actually changed day to day, but the larger space has moved. And I think that that has a profound impact in that personal space around your identity and your ability to come and be effective in a Professional space. I'll speak for myself. When you look for help in that space, you look for support to better understand that. You do need to invest time to make time. So, when we think about the statements, oh, there's just too much on, I'm just drained, that might be really so true at the, in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's not the time for a supportive, larger conversation. But you might be looking for a time with that individual. And I appreciate this myself when I get the opportunity to invest some time to better understand. So that in the larger space, I can be more effective with the time I have. Too much feels immediate. And we think about the Covey matrix or the quadrants and stuff. That conversation is quite urgent and quite needed for the person. But in the larger space, it's important that it's just given its time that they are heard. They were each of us heard in our moment of need. But the larger fixing or supporting bit is going to happen in a different space. So you bring up Covey and his four quadrant matrix
1: that he brings up. And we talked about before, good tired versus not good tired (laughs) and being busy, but being also purposeful and effective. Yeah. And I know that one of the things that he really says in referring to that matrix that he put together was if you're in quadrant two, which is the not urgent, but important, it's more of kind of like that big picture space and being grounded in what you know your purpose to be. If you're spending at least 80% of your time in that, I'm wondering, is that where we get that good tired feeling? Because we know that what we've been investing time in, although we feel tired and drained at the other at the end of the day, it really, really
2: matters. Yeah. I think it's just the context for this changes. I agree. I think it's aspirational to be spending eighty percent of your time there. I think it's actually okay to spend a little bit more time than that in the urgent and important part. And that when I think about how I might be feeling good tired, it's actually a combination for myself, of, of also some urgent and important things, like the high-stakes nature of making a great call or supporting someone in the moment, that can be really super effective and super I mean, gratifying, but you know that that helps your purpose. You just couldn't be in that space all the time and then you <laughs> right? Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of a combination there. Connected to that, I don't know if we've drifted a little bit as we've had this conversation, but thinking about what it might feel like to be busy Are we unfairly tarnishing it? I mean, is it possible to be busy and purposeful and effective or is it you can only be effective and purposeful if you're not busy? Is it possible? Is busyness a needed thing or a sense of urgency towards something a needed stasis for purposeful and effective?
1: Well, if- And Kovey would say it's that's not. that's right. Covey would say it's not, right? <laughs> no, it's a really good question. One of the statements that I've heard made, or like one of the old sayings, right, is if you want something done, ask a busy person. Hmm. I found that to be true of myself and other people, right, where it's, if something is important, you'll find the time for
2: it. So, I'm going to say, yes, it's possible. I think it has to be. I think, again, not to pull apart quotes that I've used as well, but- the thing that's missing from the thing about if you want something done, get a busy person. If you, what about if you want it done really well? Because <laughs> I think that the bit that I wrestle with is like busyness. Is a, for myself? Is associated with tasks. Mm-hmm. So I feel okay. busy when I have a series of tasks. There might be more of a quantity there than I feel comfortable with, but I also feel comfortable with the level of quality that needs to be put towards them, right? where I feel uncomfortable is if I have a series of complex tasks with the number of which gets to a quantity where I'm starting to go, oh, hang on. And then the associated lack of quality possibly is the thing that makes me feel really uncomfortable. And so I think if I didn't have deadlines, there's no way I would be purposeful or effective. Like I, I seriously- Deadlines drive results, there Scott. Is, yes, right. So I, I don't want to only be busy, I guess is what I'm saying. And Thank you for listening to me sort of wax lyrical through this, but I don't think we need an absence of it a, too. Busyness and urgency is also an important thing, and there's very very few people that I know who are able to have a position, certainly in a school, where there's an absence of just getting <laughs> done. Like you do have to. This is a, a clean show. Exactly. It's an saying. I'm a DP coordinator. Right. <laughs> I'm saying like you know, like there is the March April. It's getting stuff done you're absolutely right yeah
1: so what is the role in this for us as coaches and as leaders in this kind of realm of busyness that we seem to feel or kind of be
2: directly in as schools i think a big part for this is an awareness of your own capabilities to handle the busyness because if you can't create the space there's no way you can help anyone else like if if we used that analogy you gotta help yourself before you can help you know, Mm -hmm. others, which would be true as an extension. The role of a coach is an extension of the role of a teacher in a classroom too, right? If you're not good with yourself, how can you help these kids and how can you actually talk about those developing affective skills of time management if you're not effective in that yourself? I don't suggest anyone starts a coaching conversation by saying, hey, (laughs) get your time (laughs) management under (laughs) control. But but, Seems like you have a time (laughs) management issue. But I, I do believe... I really appreciate this about what you said earlier and just in your practice in general. The the awareness of how people are and mm-hmm. and giving the space to be heard might be just that very first step into a larger bit of a larger conversation about how can we take some time to make some time. Mm-hmm. But by extension, mm-hmm. I believe it shouldn't you know how we I just did it then, right? We talk about the first step. I think it's that first step gets repeated and repeated and repeated all the time. It's not like you don't continue to offer the opportunity. Yeah. Someone might need 20 of those or yeah. 100 of those. I because- think it comes down to being grounded as well. And
1: you know, you talked about being purposeful and effective. So as a school, if us as leaders and as coaches, if we are sure of our purpose and if we know that we're always going towards that North Star hmm. and then helping other people understand that as well and supporting them through that and always coming back to being grounded in what is important and what is your purpose as an individual within the organization, I think that's where we can really, really thrive. And I know Alina Aguilar in her book Onward mentions that coaching is in its essence is about helping people change their habits and strengthen their dispositions. So hopefully we can continue to support people
2: through that in this age of busyness. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's a massive thing to change habits. Their habits for a reason right yeah so you know we shouldn't beat ourselves up or anyone else over that just acknowledge that that's there but knowing that someone wants to what's really on your mind now and what else what else is really driving this because Mm -hmm. that self-awareness of a habit that you might want to evolve or change or break down is really when when it really starts to happen so it might be just is there an opportunity here to get towards that state? And you certainly would struggle to be fully self-aware when your day is just a list of tasks you have to get done. And then you're in that bit of like, I can't do this. Yeah, so creating the space, you know, creating the space.
1: So to sum up, what might be some key resources that we might be able to draw from to support others as well as ourselves in this culture of busyness? I know that I mentioned one. Which is Alina Aguilar's book Onward, and it talks about cultivating resilience as educators. She actually gives a month by month breakdown of how to go through Mm. a a year without feeling the fatigue and the burnout that typically I know that I felt going through years of
2: of school and and working in schools. Yeah, I think it comes highly rated. I have a different take on things. I think what I'd invite people who may be listening to do is look around and see who is that person that's handling a list of tasks of busyness. Mm without the outward appearance of it feeling like I'm drained or it's just too much on? Who is that person that you can connect with to go, hey, it seems like you're doing this really well? That person may be struggling too but would really appreciate the buck up of going you yeah. know, like, hey, yeah. it seems like you're handling it. But I think you need a, well, says the coach, I think you need someone to help you work through this. So in addition to the great resources that are out there from, in this case, Elaine Aguilar, I think look in your own environment Mm -hmm. because there'll be someone who's handling it and someone who's got that personal and professional space really well under control and and look for that and have a conversation. So for those of you out there looking for that, that would be my resource. There's someone in your organisation, there's someone who you know that's doing it in a way that you want to. Why don't you reach out and have a conversation? Talking about things is okay. A lot of times, it's, it's exactly what we need, right? It is. Speaking of balance, should we
1: get out of here? I'm getting a little thirsty. I think it's time. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Blowing up in Switzerland, I hear. Yes. Also, really quick, thank you to our Swiss friends. Scott, did you know that we are the 86th ranked educational podcast in the country of Switzerland? 86. Yes. With a bullet. With, with a, a bullet. bullet. Thank right. you, everybody. We'll hopefully see you next time. Thanks for listening. Babylon, everybody. Babylon.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Babbled podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. You can connect with Jonathan and Scott via Twitter at JFJMiller and at Scott or through ConnectedLearningPartnerships.com.